All right, we are recording. Uh, thanks, uh, everyone, for tuning in. And hello, Will Curran. How's it going? Hello, Matt Sherman. I'm fantastic. I mean, that times could be better, but you know what? You make it of which you can, and uh, <laughs> um, I'm sure people will understand when we talk about about where everything's at. But you know, that, things aren't bad. I, I have a roof above my head. I have. Um, you know, food um, to eat, and uh, I get to hang out with Matt Sherman. So, what uh, you know, it's like, it's good times. You know, I think that you have to in these times think about the best and just be grateful for a lot of things and write it down in your journals. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's a good point. I, I definitely agree. There was, you know, I'm I'm I like following Twitter always, and especially now because I'm learning a lot. And every, obviously every tweet is about what's going on with the virus. And I saw one tweet that was like, if anyone wants to start a blog or a podcast, just talking about positive things, you will become a millionaire overnight. <laughs> People just need so true. Know, so positive, true. Positivity right now. It's so, it's so easy right now for me. Like I discovered that Reddit is a great place for news, but also a great wormhole that like you just, I stay on top of it so fast. I'm like only looking at the news in the past hour, but it's so easy just to be like, all right, I want to find what's going on, you know, and things like that. But we have to remember that it's like, it's still nine to five. We still got to work, you know, and do all these things like that. So yeah, I think uh, staying positive is uh, one of the best things. I'll probably watch inside out after this and, you know, I'll stay positive. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> So before we kind of dive in, I want to give everyone just some funny, a funny context for everyone listening. So Will, so Will, uh, actually first before that, can you just dive into like what, just like. Yeah. Catch everybody up on what I do and what, who I am. And then I can go into how we know each other. (laughs) Yeah. Let's so, uh, started my company when I was 17, uh, in high school in Arizona, um, started DJing backyard parties. I got to college, started DJing so many events. I got burnt out, decided to rock these big gigantic high school dances with huge productions and, you know, lasers and crazy concert sound systems. And we did that for a long period of time. Uh, and we learned about how to set up speakers and lights, Eventually realized that uh, the high school market in Arizona is only so big. And uh, when you create a monopoly, which is what we end up creating, um, you know, competition enters, everyone fought for the bottom price. And I kind of got out in a good time and we pivoted towards AV and technical production. Um, and uh, yeah, man, we got to find that interview where I tell the whole story. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we started doing technical production AV for corporate events. Um, and actually, that's uh, how I'm, uh, I met Matt. Um, well, actually, I met Matt through ASU technically. And then Matt came and uh, uh, worked for Endless for a short period of time, which was awesome. And uh, Matt was our first sales development rep, which I'm sure we'll reminisce about at some point. And yeah, essentially we started doing corporate AV. And uh, so the idea behind Endless is that we take all the complicated things when it comes to AV and technical production and make it super duper easy. Um, so when it comes to, you know, you have a meeting inside a hotel, you need screens, you need microphones, things like that. We do all that sort of stuff for you. Um, we expanded nationally. So um, we basically serve every single major city in the country. We're all remote. Um, so we literally work wherever, whenever we want to work, uh, which is considered the norm now apparently and um yeah it's uh it's been a good journey and it's been great and our company's uh you know really i would say it's decently sized i think it's bigger than most companies um but you know i i don't really do it based on employee count i don't do it based on revenue you know my big thing is i want to love coming into work every day i want to build things i love working on and i want to have happy employees and that's like pretty much my dream and I get to do that every day and it's uh it's fantastic um so yeah so that's the context for how I started the company um and yeah I think did I just summarize it I try to like keep it really short because I'm sure there's like you google my name I'm sure you can watch a video where I explain uh, it a little bit deeper it, now. It, it, well, it's important 
I think it's good because you just kind of explain, you know, you're not, you know, a novice at this. You've been doing this for a while and we'll be talking yeah. about things that 13 years you know, of today. That, that someone who just started last week probably shouldn't be giving tips on. So you're, you're <laughs> you know, you've been in this for a while. And yeah, Definitely. so for people listening, um, a, a part of, so before the whole startup journey for me, literally five years ago, I, yeah, I, was it five? Yeah. Cause it was, yeah. Four or five years ago, yeah, I worked with Will. I worked, I worked for Will, and I and I and I learned sales for the first time. And I learned, Zap- dude, you're the first time I discovered Slack and Zapier. You, that's oh like no way! I, oh, that's, that's awesome. I, I like. I'm kind of like really, really, really good at that. You're the second person to say that in a month is I the first person that showed me Slack. And then I'm like, I feel like I showed them a drug or something like that. Oh yeah. You know, <laughs> no, the yeah, drug is so drug great. Was Zapier. <laughs> yeah. Zapier is, I, I recently gotten like very good at no code. Do you, do you know, like no code? Is that a thing that you, Um, I'm guessing, I mean, using context clues, I'm guessing it's just like the ability to build systems without coding. So, yeah, exactly. It's like what you did it before everyone else did it, you know, in oh, 2015 wow. and 20. Yeah. So you're like, that's like a mainstream now, but you're like that's probably awesome. one of the no code. I, yeah, I'm going to tell people, I know code. I, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm no, no, no code. No, you know, no, 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 yeah, no, 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 no code. <laughs> yeah. So, so Will, yeah. Like for everyone knowing like, yeah, Will and I go back like before all the startup stuff and, um, and like Will was also a great mentor for me at that time too. Was, and, what did, was Blab before you worked for Endless? Yeah, it had to be because we were doing event icons. Lab was yeah. when I was working on Schmooze, which wasn't a real company. So let me let me let me think in my head. So Schmooze was when I yeah it was because I worked on Schmooze my senior year of college, and then, and then I, worked, I hired and then you I worked, right afterwards. I had two stints with Endless. The second oh, wow. stint was yeah was after Blab, and the first yeah, stint was before awesome. Blab. That's awesome. Okay, so yeah, so the and then to bring context in, Matt had a podcast with morgan ingram who is it this is just so funny how small world this is yeah. but i didn't know morgan and you guys had a podcast talk, talking entrepreneurs and i the only podcast we have to find that recording somewhere because it's the only time i tell my complete story in recording and i literally have it written on my my mirror to record a video where i do this where i'm gonna explain the whole story line by line um but yeah you guys record and i discovered blab then which then um blab was how we ended up starting Event Icons, which is now the longest running video podcast in the oh, industry. Oh, you're right. That's yeah. how you started. That yeah, is hilarious. Yeah, yeah. And what's funny is that you guys had your show, what was it on? Was it on Friday after? It was Sunday. It was Sunday. Sun, the Sunday I, startup I, show or something like yeah, that? Yeah, and I wanted to do mine on Sundays because that was the one free day I had. And you guys had it and I didn't want to compete with you. Because you guys like were equally big on those blab worlds. So I was like, I'll do it on Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern. It still is on Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern. Well, now it's actually slightly changing, but that's not even important. But what's even funnier, though, is that you were at SDR for me. And then Morgan went out and became an SDR. And now is like the god of SDRs and sales development reps, if you don't know what we're talking about. And it's just so funny how small world it is um and craziness and then technically we met through uh undie run bb run too yep. so the the myth the legend i go back and speak at asu occasionally by the way and i'm like oh yeah i start i, I worked on the undie run and we got this exit stage and people are like oh it does exist it's like a myth now dude at the school it's crazy well it was a, a charity run that we created uh to basically kids donated the clothes up kids I was a kid at that time. I was the same right. age. You know, donate the clothes off your back, get naked basically. And then we raised tons of clothes and, 
that was a fun event. So, anyways, that's that's walking and down memory. Were road. you in the Were you in the room? Um, were you in the room when it got shut down? Like, do you remember? I don't like. Do you remember that that, that hmm. the the so for for context, people listening, I was on the team my junior year, and yeah. I was like leading marketing or whatever I was doing, and the student president that year really didn't want us to exist <laughs> really badly. She and didn't like getting under underwear. <laughs> yep. And it culminated in a probably over dramatic court. Uh, like, I don't like a, there was a, yeah, it was like, we were trying to raise money, right? You, this is where like our big funding for the year and saying like, we need money to make this event happen. Right. And you guys were like, so you're going to give up. We've gotten previously $50,000. We need $50,000 to make this event happen. And then you were, you, well, you were there. I wasn't there. I was already graduated. We were, it, college, it was so very sad because I, like I tend to do, it was very tense because we all were working on it the whole, you know, the you know the whole year, and we were watching it. We were losing, and like I thought, just like typical mad fashion, I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna say something to just change their minds. So I like raise my hand. They call me. I just like say a minute long of like incoherent, like just like nervousness, <laughs> nervous <laughs> Matt from college. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, man. What a shame! I, I, because I, I, I can say I worked on the undie run team, but I never put on an undie run. So, it's like, oh my god, that's you're probably one of the few people who can say that, dude. Like, that's, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> that's fun well, times. Yeah, we feel like we like reminisce all all day. Um, Six hours later. Yeah, it's like oh yeah, but getting into our topic, but no. So yeah. so for people listening, uh, you know. I did, you know, there was a version of this podcast that could have been Will and I talking about pastimes for six hours, but there's another version of the podcast of us talking about pastimes for 10 minutes. And then for the rest of the podcast, kind of talking about what's going on around the country and specifically in this case, in the events industry. Uh, so, I mean, Will, I mean, Will knows better than anyone, uh, you know, the impact that's being had, you know, he's, he's been in the event industry for, for so long. And uh, I wanted to bring Will onto the podcast to talk about it and to talk all about it, you know, what the impact has been what solutions are, are virtual events possible, things like that. We don't really have much in an agenda. We're just kind of here talking. Yeah. And hopefully it helps people listening. So my first question for you, Will, yeah, is overall... Can you give us an idea of just kind of what's going on today? Lay, not necessarily like specifically the virus, but lay of the event. The impact. Yep, yep. So yeah. what's, Holy what's going shit. on? What are you seeing? And then let's go from there. Yeah, for anyone who's not in the events industry, my God, I think um, they, it's getting hit hard. It's, it's crazy because this is the first time I think ever in my career that I feel like I don't have, I'm not in full control over what's going to happen. Um, so what's interesting is, uh, I think for the first time ever, I mean, like, right after, you know, nine 11, for example, airline history, uh, industry hit hard, right. People didn't want to fly. People were afraid to fly. Right. Um, and in this case, a lot of people are actually hearing, first of all, the obvious sectors, right. They think about, um, the cruise industry, right. Cruise was like one of the first things for people to get infected. And now cruise industry is getting hit really hard, right. Obviously the airlines history is getting hard where we get international travel bans, domestic travel bans, all that craziness. And then, the thing that a lot of people don't realize is that there's the event industry. And with, as of today, um, as of, uh, this is a recording of March 16th, 2020 history and time, uh, the CDC recommended no one to have gatherings above 10 people, <laughs> which is basically the events industry as a whole. If you have more than 10 people, it's an event, right? Uh, if otherwise it's just a happy hour or whatever it may be. And so with that happening, it was, very fast and furious that not just today uh, uh, this all started happening probably 
it's tough for me to pin down because I was so hopeful throughout this entire process. I was like, yeah, this will blow over. Everything will be fine. But probably in the last two weeks in the States, it hit really hard, right? It kind of took for it to be, hey, like it started with immediately when the international travel ban happened, the industry knew that this was for real. Now the government was going to take action and there was no ability you were going to have to plan events. But it was like every day there was another piece of news that just killed the industry more and more. It was international travel ban, then you know, yes, and this, I mean, I can't even recollect a lot of it, but probably in the last two weeks, we, um, not even two weeks, maybe a little bit. I'd say it was probably three weeks ago that my first client came to me and said, look, we're going to postpone our event. We don't feel comfortable. We don't think this is a good idea. We're going to postpone. And I was like, and I remember I was actually, yeah, not even three weeks, two weeks, two weeks ago. I remember I was in Vegas with a bunch of event professionals and we're and they're like, yeah, so how are you being affected? I'm like, I'm fine. We got one event postponed. We're going to be great. You know, like maybe the next event next month will get postponed or, you know, whatever it was. But, you know, it's crazy how very, very fast that postponement turned into, yeah, definitely postponement. That one's definitely not happening for a while. Then cancel, 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 cancel. Like literally every day we got a news that event was canceling. And what most people don't realize is that even if you have a cancellation policy that says, you know, um, you owe us our deposits and everything like that as well. If the event second half of it doesn't happen, you almost don't care about the deposit because the second half is second half of the money or whatever it may be. So literally just everyone's revenue very, very quickly in span of almost like, it was like four days or something like that. Once I think Disneyland shut down, that was when the events industry, just everyone canceled every event that was happening. And, um, everyone lost their revenue like almost instantaneously. And what's crazy about it is not necessarily like everyone thinks like, well, this is only the last two weeks or not two weeks, but two months, whatever it may be. And it'll blow over. No one wants to plan events beyond that as well. No one has any idea how long this is lasting. So I have events in August. They're like, I'm not sure. I don't want to talk. Let's wait. And so very, very quickly, all the deals we were working on closing, all the deals that we had closed are now retracting, asking for their money back. You know, the events industry pretty much evaporated in the span of like a week. Uh, maybe two week week and a half or so, and um, it's very very sad. Um, I can't. I mean, like, there's people that I'm I I that are you know losing their jobs left and right. I I remember first day hearing that people in the AV side of things. And think about the AV side, probably you know instantaneously, right? Like they're gone. You know, um, they the people laying off hundreds of employees. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I heard a company where I have friends that work at it, you know, 40 employees laid off. It's crazy how fast everyone's getting hurt about it because you, you can't have events now and no one wants to have events. No one has any idea how long the events are going to happen. Um, and sorry, it's been like a, a very much of a roller coaster of a day and a week. And, it, you know, um, my assistant said to me, she's like, you know, like, you don't have to be strong. You don't have to put on a, like a smile face, like not to put like a joker, but you don't have to put on a smile. You know, you, everyone's going through this and it's crazy because you want to think that you're isolated. You want to think that someone is doing okay, but there's people who are doing okay uh, or that, that, or that say they're doing okay, but they're not, they're just, you know, you know, trying to be strong. And then there's the people who are like really hurting. Um, a couple of my employees said that they saw, they found some groups that have like, there's, for example, in the events industry aid, there was a, a petition now that has over, I think a hundred thousand signatures in the U S I know the one in the UK, which is already hitting parliament for uh, basically asking for a bailout, um, which is fucking crazy. Sorry if I don't know if I'm allowed to cuss on this podcast. Um, <laughs> it's totally approved. I get the thumbs up from Matt. Um, and 
you know, everyone's talking bailouts and things like that. And in these Facebook groups, people are just like, I don't have a job. I have three kids. I don't know how I'm going to feed them. And the events industry too, like almost, I'd say 75% of the industry is subcontracted too. So everyone's 1099. So that means that when these companies said, we don't have work for you, they can't go file for unemployment. They can't go on file for, um, you know, um, you know, insurance, all these things. Like, it's so sad what's happening. And I'm not gonna lie, like, I, you know, we're just weathering and we'll talk about how we're trying, I'm trying to evolve and everything like that. But people have, it, people instantly had it way worse than I did. And I feel like we're getting hit and just like, it feels like getting punched in the gut every chance you can get. So, I mean, my hope is that we get through this and somehow, but I'm trying to stay and remain positive and work really, really hard through this. But yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I've never, obviously this is the only real, like this is the only real job I've ever had, you know, and things I've done. So I can't say like, I've never been part of an industry that's evaporated overnight, but like I've never thought I'd be in an industry that would evaporate overnight. You know, um, my hope is just that in the future we'll work through this, we'll evolve. And then in six months we'll come out and hopefully survive, but it's crazy what has happened. So, and I know I'm, I'm probably making a lot of people sad who are like, let's answer like, I don't want one more piece of depressing news in some way, but my hope is that I'll be able to share some actionable advice and feedback for like what we're doing um, instead. But um, yeah, I mean, um, it's crazy. If you just Google the events industry aid or, you know, I think it's events-industry-aid.com is the is site that a company started up to try to get petition people, petition the government for help. Um, there's a, a lot of stuff happening, but you know, the best thing we can do is just keep working hard. Um, yeah. So let's, uh, we'll kind of turn around because I, I definitely don't want to try to mope around in a lot of ways. Um, because a, I don't think I have the right to at this point. Um, maybe in six months, hit me up. Um, but, and, um, you know, I'm happy to share kind of what it's crazy in the last week, what we've had to do and all the learnings that I've learned. Um, and I feel really bad for some, I remember one of my employees said, um, we were hopping on a training and just explaining like some learnings and things like that, that they need to start taking forward as we work through this. And they were like, I've never felt like, or she, she said, it feels like it's my first day at the company again, because there's, we are pivoting so hard. We're changing. We're trying to educate customers. Um, and it's crazy. So anyways, take a deep breath, everyone. It's been a crazy one. <laughs> it has definitely been a crazy one. And thanks for sharing all of that. I think, yeah. I think a lot of people know that industries are getting hit, but I think that the, you kind of actually explaining being inside of the events industry. Um, I feel like people will, you know, respect kind of the, the, the insight into what's actually happening from someone deep in the event industry. I'm curious. So I would love to know um, if you're open to sharing, uh, you know, you just mentioned that you've been making a lot of changes recently. Yeah. How um, you can go in depth or as not in depth as you want, but can, do you mind going into what some of these changes you are making to kind of weather the storm? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, first things, uh, for people to understand is that we were lucky. Um, we discovered about, uh, I think it was like, yeah, six, five years ago or so about when we hired Matt, that remote work was what we wanted and how we wanted our company to be structured. So we got lucky that all these companies, every company across the world, most of them were not remote. So they're like employees of being having to taught how to log into a VPN and things like that. And they don't know how zoom works or what Slack is, what we pretty much as soon as it started happening, I think that's why we were also really not feeling like we were affected immediately is that, you know, being told to work from home, we were like, ha, suckas, we already work from home, you know? Um, so that was one thing I think we got lucky. So, you know, that was one thing I think that 
again, yeah, we got really lucky that we didn't have to make main changes on that. So we didn't miss a beat immediately. Like we weren't like a punch softly and then like, okay, now what are we going to do is like, let's just work. Um, but when it became apparent that we weren't going to have revenue coming in very fast, that was honestly the biggest shock uh, to us. Um, for people to kind of know as well is that um, we are a very kind of nimble, variable cost kind of um, company. Obviously, we don't have a physical office. Um, we don't own a lot of equipment. We don't have like massive loans out for equipment and things like that. Um, so we were, you know, we're able to move fast. Also, we're really, you know, we're small but mighty, you know, a total of like about 30 employees or so. So, you know, when we said we're pivoting to virtual events, I could host a webinar in the course of an hour and have half the team there. Everyone's learning. Everyone can watch the recordings and we can move on and then a pivot. I mean, when we hopped on month today, today was the first full business day that we've had since we're like, this is the future of the company as I'll talk about. Um, we, it was crazy how many people had already been like, we're on board. There wasn't like questions like, are we going to get this? Everyone knew it was the future and what we had to do. And it was like no longer, what it, how are we going to do this or not? It wasn't like, why are we doing this? It was more, how are we going to do this? What's the communication? What emails need to be sent out? These sort of things. Um, so I think being able to be that nimble helped a ton. Um, the fact that like, for example, immediately I went on the website and just started changing language on our website to like appear that we could help and everything like that. And, um, I think it became very, very apparent when we started hitting, we hit up a couple clients initially. We're like, Hey, do you need help going from in-person events, which is all we did? I'm not all we did, but we did hybrid events and some virtual events, but we were primarily in-person experiences, right? Like almost every event company. And we said, how do you need, you need help converting from in-person to virtual? We were already doing like, you know, all the stuff we do with our marketing was already virtual. So we were used to it. We also had been doing hybrid events where we take in-person experiences and put them online um, as well. So a lot of it was kind of like second nature, but we started in conversation with clients and they're immediately just like, yes, can I hop on a call with you tomorrow? Yes. Can I hop on a call with you tomorrow? And I remember I posted on Facebook and I kind of did it just to be like, Hey, I'm, I'm here if you need anything. And I'm sure that's um, when you also saw the post as well. I just said, Hey, if you know anybody or you need help turning your event from in-person to virtual, I'm here to help. I don't think I've ever gotten so many likes other than when it's my birthday or I post a picture of when I was DJing in high school. Right? Like people really were like, wow. Oh my gosh. I never thought of that. Oh my God. That's incredible. And just having conversations with everybody, it was very apparent that there was a need. No one knew what to do. And I hopped on these calls with clients and they were, um, they were honestly, they're just like, look, you know how to do this. We don't. What do we do? And I'm like, wait, I went from being like in an industry that was super commoditized, right? Where people came to us and said, we want this many speakers. We want this many microphones, you know, and we were being compared against four different companies to just tell us how to do this and make it happen. And it was crazy. It's kind of a weird place to be, honestly. Um, and so we basically made the pivot. We said in this, in the, and I'm, this is fresh guys, like straight up hot off the press, maybe the last like three days we've been working on this is that like, we basically realized we have all the tech, we know all the platforms used. We know how to do high quality live streams. We know how to think about an attendee from a virtual standpoint. I grew up on the internet, right? Like I was in chat rooms before I, you know, actually talk to real people, right? Like I, I was used to virtual events before they were called virtual events. And so like natural, I was like, we can help people. And I started asking hard questions. I think no one else was asking and connecting people with solutions. And it became very apparent that that's what people wanted. So we basically knew that we weren't going to make money off of in-person events. We could shut down for like nine months. Sure. And wait, wait it out. But you know, when we come out of it, I don't think many companies are going to be able to shut down for nine months or six months or whatever, how long it's going to last. Um, so we knew to take what we knew how to do 
And we just started telling everybody we could. And it's been absolutely insane. I can't get enough room in my calendar to talk to people. Um, and yeah, just pivoting essentially. The big pivot has been no longer in-person events, only virtual. Okay. So let's say I want to do a forward-thinking founders summit, a, yeah. virtual, a, a virtual summit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was coming to you saying, yo, Will, you know, what should I do? Um, I would love to know your one, some of your answers, but two, uh, more of like a meta information on like, how do you even like, like approach this pivot? Facing, how do you know <laughs> what the answers are? Or just like with anything, do you make your, you, you just pay, make a decision and then iterate based on data? Like, how do you know what to say to someone who wants to do a virtual event? Yeah, I mean, we got lucky that um, a lot of the people that we trust and we were already working with immediately knew that we were leaders. I mean, we had built up an authority in the industry that was like uh, incredible. I mean, and we're really lucky that we have this platform to be able to utilize. Um, and luckily, we we were already in touch with a lot of the leaders in the event center, and they came to us and they knew they were in trouble. And they said to us, by the way, did you know we could do this? And we're like, holy shit. I didn't know that that was possible with your service. I want to start selling clients to that. So we actually, it's crazy how much out of the woodwork everyone is trying to nab up any little bit of revenue that they can. But um, that was very much what helped a lot is that we had a lot of people point us in the direction of what we need to do. We also had experience in doing this already. So it helped a lot um, to, that when people came to it, but also at the same time too, for the first time, I think in a long time that um, event professionals know they need to be strategic with events. And I started telling them like, the, the questions that they should be strategically asking. And I think that people started to realize that this was going to be a little bit harder than they thought it was going to be because yeah, I can put on a virtual event, treat it just like your in-person event, everything like that. But like, I'm asking hard questions like, okay, why on earth would anyone want to attend your virtual event? And people are like, well, you know, they come to our in-person one. And I'm like, not enough. Like, Okay, so like, what's the purpose of your conference? Why do people go to the in-person one? And you know, and some of the hard conversations we're having is that your event can't be converted um, to to virtual events. And I think that um, I might be a little bit off topic. Um, no, you're good. I think, I think good. that people um, know that they need help, and how we know um, to answer your question: How do we know what to help with specifically? Sometimes you don't know initially. Like it's great because some people are offering, they're like, hey, I need help with this. And the first thing I'm saying to people is let's get on call. We got to talk through this. Let's figure out what it is. Let's define it and start giving you solutions rather than, um, hey, yeah, buy here now. Here's the exact link that you need and that sort of thing. I'm trying to avoid the commoditization route that everyone else kind of is going because there's a lot of companies out there like, look, we have a full scale platform. Give us $80,000 and you know, you can do everything on it. And I'm like, ah. I don't think that's the solution for these people. I think that they're going to use those platforms, be unhappy. And I don't want to be a part of that. I want to be getting people the right tools that they need at the right times. And, you know, I've been astonished and very happy that a lot of clients have trusted us. They know we're the tech guys and they're saying, this is the same thing. It's not, instead of managing a mixer or a microphone, you're managing an online platform. It's the same rules of technology. So, um, a lot of ways that we've been finding what our clients need is by asking them the right questions and saying, we can help you. And on the back end, looking at your team and saying, now, how do we do this? And then listening to them um, too. And also trusting that they know what that they're going to do too. Like, you know, I was kind of worried at first of like doing this whole virtual event events pivot because 
you know, it's a whole new space. We're used to writing about in-person AV and things like that. But honestly, I spent an hour sitting down with my team and we answered questions and just talked through it. And they all had tons of ideas and they helped, they were all wicked smart. And what's great about it is they're looking at it from the lens of the event rather than the lens of the technology, which I think is also huge, but um, kind of to hint at something I was almost saying too, is um, there's almost an element of telling your client I'm here to help and to help them and ask good questions and then turning immediately and saying, okay, let's work our asses off to, to find what they need. And um, I don't think it's a quite right to say fake it till you make it because I don't think it's a fake it till you make it. It's more of a, uh, do figure out what it is you, and you can, you know how to help them and trust your gut and what you know how to do first. Because I mean, I don't want to say like fake it till you make it because the, a lot of the reason why I can come up with these good questions is that I've been doing events for now 13 years and um, it allowed me to, um, you know, I think that I, uh, I wouldn't be able to do this. I'm not faking it. I, I know exactly what they need to be thinking about. So yeah, it's, um, yeah, that's a good question, actually. Like, how do we do it? We're, 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 I mean, we're just taking it all by in trade. We have lots of calls. We have our first operations call since this all happened tomorrow. Um, and so we're probably going to have a big conversation of like, what are all the clients that, that are needing? What element needs to go to this? Um, but then we're also at the same time, too, we're also getting relentless and trying to find good solutions. Uh, for example, we, uh, uh, we had a call with one of our partners literally three, what was that? four hours ago now. And, you know, I was telling my team about it, but I didn't have time to actually get a demo. And I showed it to the team and I showed them pricing of it. And I was like, look, this needs to go. Instantly my team's like, cool. I can see how we can apply it to this. I can see how we can apply it to this. I can see how we can apply it to this. So like being able to be nimble, reach out to your, the people who know what to do and ask them for help. And they will point you in the right direction as well. So I'm rambling at this point. <laughs> it's, all, it's all good. So you mentioned in there, uh, I thought it was really interesting that you got a bunch of people that may have already been set up for this well that are like, oh, we got a full platform, pay us shit ton of money and use ours. And you're not into that. I would agree. And it feels just slimy. Like, I didn't think about it. But like now that I think about it, I'm just like, eh. Uh, it's like yeah it little- i've been using like the jack of all trades master of none kind of analogy yeah. in a lot of ways but like it's it's funny because people think they know what is going to be best for their attendees but i think a lot of people and i and i kind of know it i i talked to one person i knew they were set in their ways they were not going to change but then i asked them a couple questions i was like so you have to think about this from the attendees perspective why do they want to use this and they were like that's a good question i was like no i'm, I'm asking you that question like they're like that's a good question i'm like Oh man, no event platform is going to save you right now. <laughs> well, so you mentioned tools and you just said event platform. So do you mind going into what's the landscape? Like what, you know, <laughs> is it event? Like what, what are the softwares? Like what's the stack? What's the new virtual event stack? Yeah. So, um, I think that a lot for a lot of it, um, it, there's a lot of the tools that are stuck in the 90s. <laughs> I want to say I, I like saying the 90s because it feels like it's far away now, but like in the thousands maybe. Like you know, like there's a lot of these tools that are like, oh hey, blah blah. blah. And it's because virtual events haven't had to be big, right? They represent maybe 10% of the market. I don't know. I have no idea what the number was, but you know, they were much slower than in-person events. So they were so like I think further behind, you know. And now it's like, hey, we have a um, billions of dollars ready to be spent on virtual events and. They're not quite ready in some ways, but then there's some really cool tools out there. And so what I've been kind of telling people is like, look, yeah, you can find the all-in-one platform, right? You can find the Salesforce. It does everything. It's expensive. It does everything. It can be customizable to do whatever you want to do, but you pay a price, right? 
Then you have, you know, there's, um, you know, the, the, I'll say like a MailChimp, for example, it does one thing freaking well email and that's it right and i think that um in the events industry that's very much true too there's some tools out there that do in-person like uh virtual networking very very well and they integrate with everything and i'm more of a fan of that i like i've always been a fan of tools that do one thing really really well and integrate with everything um rather than all in one platform however for some of these people they're like my events in two months i don't know if i have time to integrate all these things as well but um, that's where I'm hoping that our company is going to have an advantage is that we are going to help them integrate that and build them the right tool. And that's also one thing I'm telling clients too, is like, look, I'm not opposed to the all in one platform, but, and, but the thing is that it has to be a choice. It can't be a, here's the one tool and this is what you're going to use. You need to have options the same way that honestly our AV model was built. We didn't own any equipment and we told people we weren't going to sell you one piece of equipment. We were going to, we we're, we're going to tell you what you need. And then we're going to say, this is what we think is a really good option. And here's also the best stuff that's available on the shelves right now, rather than, hey, here's that one crummy piece of equipment we've had for years. We've made money off of it already, but it's on our shelves and we need to give it to you. And it kind of serves a purpose, but instead we're like, here's the best of the best and here's the newest, greatest stuff. We're not tied to a single platform. We're not tied to a single technology, um, which I think is uh, one of the best uh, parts for sure. So, yeah. Are you, so I know this is all super new. So if you don't have an answer to this, that, that's yeah. totally fine. But do you, are you to the point where you feel like you could recommend certain all-in-one, or sorry, well, yeah, all-in-one tools all in one? and or these one MailChimp types? Like, again, you can you can say yeah. no, I know. It's yeah, early. yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm more of a fan. So what I've been recommending clients is a lot of the more like the MailChimp stuff. Um, you know, to be honest, like I kind of have a bunch of people on the operations and tech side of things looking at the all-in-one platforms, but they're so busy. Their salespeople are just like absolutely swamped right now. Um, and I've looked at a couple of them, but like every single one I've ever been demoed and I've been shown, I just look at it and go, I just I don't want to use it. I don't want to, I don't want to use it. I don't, it doesn't feel engaging to me in any sort of way. What I've been like more of a fan of is like, yeah, like, um, yeah, I'm I'm not publicly telling what the tools are because it kind of gives away my secret sauce. Ah, but no, no, uh, no worries, no worries. Yeah, and I mean that's part of the strategy right now too. Is like we're 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 people are going. What's the best platform? And I'm like, you'll have to ask us. You know, we're we we've done the research. We know what works well. You have to trust our judgment. And um, you know, it's interesting because like some of the platforms are like, well, we have to work directly with the client. And I'm like, do you really? Oh, can I be the planner? Can I be your planner for you? And, you know, I don't know if the, obviously we're pivoting and we're feeling this out as we go, but, you know, I, I'm more of a fan of, I want clients who want us to take care of everything and rather than a client who's going to try to do everything. And I, to be honest though, most of these clients aren't using Slack. They're not using Zapier. They're not using, you know, MailChimp. They, they, they use Cvent, the biggest event platform, you know, they're just, uh, Cvent's a big normal platform, but you know, they're like, we're using that and they're comfortable with that. But you know, if I told them, Hey, you have to learn how to do Slack and do it in 24 hours, they'd be like, Oh my God, I'd never be able to do it. You can give me a tool right now. I'll challenge anybody out there. You give me any tool right now, as long as it doesn't suck and I will use it and I will know everything about it in less than 24 hours. He's not lying. He literally, yeah. he like, <laughs> he, this was exactly how, what he was like when we were together. And, and when, when, when <laughs> we got longer. on HubSpot, you knew every little freaking button and what it like, he, he, like, I, I hope someone challenges you because I don't think they can win. Yeah. And I, 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 uh, I have this link and I shared it with you in the chat so I can see your honest to God reaction to on it. But I made a spreadsheet of all the apps that I use. And I think it's like 96 rows long of every app that I use. And some of these, yeah, sure. I maybe use them maybe once a month. 
maybe once every other month or something like that. But I am a tool monger. And I think that's where like, we're going to crush it compared to most people is that some people are going to choose these all on one platforms. I get it. They're going to do one event. They're going to be unhappy. And they're going to come back and be like, that didn't work. What am I going to do now? At least that's what I'm banging on um, or banging on, not banging on. Um, but um, yeah, I think that we're very much moving towards the tool side of things and how can we get people the right thing um, rather than the, 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 the thing that works right now. Um, and and oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. yeah, yeah, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Can you um, backtracking slightly? So something that is really something that I've learned you know, in startups and business in the last, you know, three years is it's not necessarily important that you make the right decision first. What's important is that you make decisions and you iterate along the way. I'm curious how, how walk me through the, however long it was hour to day to two days long in your head when you were deciding whether to fully pivot this company. And can you talk to me about your inner thoughts and <laughs> and what was the thing that made you realize like yeah fuck it we're doing it like because that's probably how it ended right like, like yeah <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't very much a fuck it moment for sure yeah for me um yeah good question um so how did this process kind of lay out i mean i started seeing it unfold i mean honestly this literally took a week maybe yeah probably a week that this all happened um it was honestly I think it was when my, I told my sales team immediately, I said, I think it was, yeah, maybe Wednesday. I said, you need to start hitting up all of our lead, hot leads that we've been talking to and say, we do virtual events. We're happy to help convert them. And immediately, yes, I want to have a conversation. Yeah. And we started getting those like, yes, 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 yes. And I was like, oh God, there's a need here. And I told him like, go for it. And, and then she set up, a, I remember, yeah, I remember it was like a third. Was it Thursday? Thursday. So this, like I'm saying this, that conversation happened on Monday, like Monday, Tuesday, things started kind of getting crazy. Um, I so think it was just a when, week ago, just to make sure. Everyone yeah. Yeah. A week ago. Yeah. Monday, yeah a week. Today is Monday and you're talking about yeah. last Monday. Okay. Yeah. You know, actually, no, let me think about how this actually all played out in timeline wise. So Monday, Tuesday, I was in Vegas for uh, like a mastermind group with a bunch of event professionals. A lot of us were like, you know, uh, you know, we're trying to keep people from canceling events. Everyone's postponing like, well, it's, everything will be fine. No worries at all. It was Wednesday. I flew home in the morning because I was supposed to fly to Belgium to go to a big dance festival in Belgium on that Friday and Saturday. And I was fly I woke up in the morning at like four o'clock in the morning because my flight was like six a.m. in Vegas. And I woke up to the news saying that the cancel the festival had been canceled. And at that point, I was kind of ignoring it because I was like, "Look, I'm gonna go to Belgium. I'm not gonna see these artists play. I want to see these artists, you know, do all the things." And I was like kind of not necessarily like I wasn't like not believing it, but I was like, if this is going to happen, this is gonna be the last fun I ever have. So I was like, I'm going to go for it. Right. And I remember that Wednesday morning I woke up and they said the festival is canceled and I flew back and I texted my friends who were all supposed to be on flights with me to Belgium. And I was like, so are we canceling? We're not going. What do you guys want to do? I was like, maybe the artists will still play at the bars. You know, maybe we should still go for fun. Our friend was already in Belgium at the time too, which was just made things even worse. It was like literally like almost like this moment of we were trying to get him home. It was like Argo. Um, the entire, the, if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's a plot to an amazing movie called Argo. And so we, we decided we're like, we're not going. I was like, this is obviously serious because this festival said we're 100% not canceling. And the only reason they canceled is because the government in Belgium said, no, you are not going to do this. And I was like, if that's going to happen, then it's about to get bad. And I don't know how I saw that as a sign, but I was like, I think things are going to get bad. And I'm going to be really busy. I don't want to be in Belgium. I don't want to be in a different time zone. I need to be with my team and I want to have absolutely no interruptions. I think it was literally a couple hours later, 
my speaking engagement in San Francisco that like two weeks later got canceled. And then maybe five hours later, my event that I was going to fly from San Francisco to go produce was canceled. And I was like, this is okay. This is crazy. I think that's when I told my sales team, I was like, pivot, start selling that we convert virtual events. Like just start doing that. We got to get in front of people. We got to start having conversations well, with them right well, away. Well, how would you, I want to, so how would you know, like, was that, was that an idea that you had in the back of your head? Just always like, Oh, virtual events. That's interesting. And this was just in it, like almost a good reason to bring it to the forefront or like, how would you like, it, was it just, the Oh yeah. Choice? You know, like, yeah. I don't know. Great question. Um, so actually the week prior, the Wednesday prior to all that, that Wednesday and not going to Belgium, we were short on having a guest for event icons, the podcast where we interviewed the icons and we knew kind of people were going to be interested in virtual events because this was going to, we knew that people were going to cancel and I had no idea. I think we just honestly were so, we do so much content. We just had a pulse on it. I, I'm trying to remember what was the, was the thing that told us. I think it was maybe some gigs starting and canceled and people like knew that they wanted to talk about this. Yeah. Well, it's such an interesting idea. But um, yeah, I remember it was the week before we can't, we lose the Tuesday of the week before that Wednesday. We're like, we don't have a guest for event icons. We should do an episode on virtual events. And we tapped someone we knew that was doing virtual events for an events industry association. We're like, people are going to want to know about this. This will be fine. Like here's a piece of content. And honestly, she didn't really talk about anything that we directly sold um it was she was talking about a lot of strategy related stuff and things like that and then you know we're like oh yeah it'll be fine and then i think yeah it was um yeah it was just that wednesday i think that it was the, all that kind of stuff combined and we were starting to see the worrying signs and we were hearing about i was honestly i was hearing also about people who i knew were amazing event professionals who were working big events like south by southwest ted and all those things got canceled or postponed and i remember hearing for the first time someone said i'm not sure if i'm gonna have a job and i remember at first being like you're going to be fine. You're a great event professional. It's going to be great. And then it was like two days later, they're like, I don't have a job. And I was like, I was kind of like, holy shit, like this is really going to affect it. I was like, but you know what? It, we're going to get through this. No worries at all. And then I started hearing about the layoffs. And I think it was just all this mounting pressure to the point where I was just like, we got to do something like this is, this is, if this is, if we're wrong, and we don't go after, if we're wrong and we went after this and, not, and we don't end up making it, at least we tried. But if we are right, we're going to really like regret that we never tried to go after this. So um, I think, yeah, it was that Wednesday. It was just like, it was all my impression. And I think honestly, it took for my realization of that I wasn't going to Belgium to that concert to be like, wake the fuck up, Will. Like this is happening and it's going to happen in the States if it's happening in Belgium. And I think it was literally the next day, Belgium closed the bars. And then short, it was the next day after that. So that was Thursday, they closed all restaurants in Belgium. And Friday, Trump came on air and said, we're banning travel to Europe. And then that's when I was like, oh God, let's go. Like we have to quadruple down on this. And I remember it was that Friday morning, I was still kind of a little bit in la la land in some ways. I didn't have a lot of meetings at that time. But then I was like, I think my sales team was already starting to pitch the idea of virtual events and they were ha scheduling calls and I was having calls with clients and she kept saying like, I need you to hop on this call with me. And I was like, you can do this call fine by yourself. I'll talk to them when they're qualified. Like how we like normally do our sales process. And she's like, I don't know anything about virtual events. I need you on this call. And that's when I was like, holy crap. 
I got to act. And that's when we did the training with our team. We literally did it like 4 p.m. On a, on a Friday or 5 p.m. on a Friday. Um, and the whole, almost the whole company was there. And we were just doing a training on like what virtual events are, what we're capable of doing, what services. We brought in all of our different partners. We brought in all our different vendors. Like, And it was just a Zoom call. Honestly, it wasn't even real solidified training we had we just literally i was like guys i have no idea what i'm going to talk about but i know you need to know more about this so i'll give you some of the stuff i know about and you know figure it out um and so yeah so that was kind of the process of it, it all happening so that was friday this like literally four days ago we had that training at 5 p.m i kind of like took friday night did I think? Friday night, I kind of like was relaxing. Oh, that's right. Friday afternoon, I went to my friend's house to a barbecue and we were just talking. It was all the friends we were supposed to go to Belgium with. So we had him do a barbecue at his place and we we're just kind of chatting and stuff. And it was kind of nice because we got a chance to to relax. Let me know if I'm going too far on the timeline. So um, I, I'm about to lead up to like what got us to today. Um, but uh, so on, so that was Friday and we all did our thing, hung out. And I was like, look, I got to go home because Saturday morning I had a planning call for an event that we're planning. I, I'm a part of called Sandbox and we we're planning an event in Mexico City in uh, November. And I knew I had to get home. So I woke up at like nine, you know, 8 a.m., 9 a.m. call rolls around. We hop on the call and my teammates were all playing the event. I'm like, look, guys, we're going to still plan. We're still going to move forward. They're starting to talk about like, well, guys, I think we shouldn't start selling tickets to this. I don't think anyone's ready. And I was just like, these are the most brave and bold like people I know um, that like literally like some titans of every industry that plan this event. And I was like, these are some of the bravest people I know. And this event's in November. And I was like, oh shit, they're all saying like we should wait. And I was like, and I remember I was on the call and I was like, guys, like, I okay, we should get, well, let's put an announcement saying the event's still happening, but we're, here's the dates. We're going to put everything on hold until this whole blows over, whatever it is, to stay tuned. And then I was telling, I was like, yeah, guys, so let's not have a call. We have nothing to work on for the next two weeks while we're on hold. Let's meet in two weeks. And I was like, I'm doing my quarterly planning with my whole company's leadership of like five people. They're flying to Phoenix. And we're going to plan everything. So I can't meet next Saturday because I'll be in that. And they all joked and they said, yeah, you'll, yeah, we'll see how long that meeting's going to be happening. And I was just like, what? They're not going to stop four people from flying to Phoenix for us to have a four person meeting. Now, now today we're talking about domestic travel bans at this point. So it's crazy how like it's, yeah, fast as rolling. But I remember being, eh, it'll be fine. But then I think it was, See if I remember. Saturday, um, UK and Ireland got banned on the travel list. And then I remember I was trying to like disconnect on Saturday. I worked a little bit. Um, I remember that's when I realized too that I needed to start amping up my outreach to my to people because my sales team was having good efforts. I needed to tell everybody, slapping everybody saying, I do virtual events, I do virtual events. I think I did that Facebook post where I posted and said I would be doing virtual events. Sunday rolled around and every single buddy on my company was on Slack and talking to each other and we're like we need to do this my head of content was talking to our head our head writer and was like we need to work today we're gonna hop on a call right now and that's when i was like these guys i mean they're seeing it and they know it's coming and so we all started working yesterday um and then yeah then today we literally hit the ground running and it was just sales call sales call tons of writing content we're right like pumping out blog posts like left and right i'm doing live streams every chance i can get um, it's been absolutely crazy. And that kind of led us today. And this was like, you know, I remember, I think I did a live stream on Sunday. Yeah, that's right. I did a live stream on Sunday and I was just like, I'm going to do a live stream right now. And I just literally logged on, um, and just said, I'll answer any questions. And just like so many people were watching and asking questions. And I was just like, okay, people need help. And, you know, and it, it's been crazy. I mean, I haven't even had a chance. I literally been back to back until now, but I haven't even had a chance to read the news. I haven't had a chance to check up on how my friends are doing or anything like that. But 
I just know it's been absolutely nuts. So anyways, that's a long story short of how we got to today um, and where we're at today. But tomorrow it's literally 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. of calls. So it's going to be absolutely insane. Yeah, it's I kind of I kind of can relate to the I feel like everyone goes through um, I can't think of the right word, but the spectrum of oh, this is great. This is happening way far away to oh it's happening here but it's fine you know i think it's like the stages of grief right you start with denial and then it like goes in further and then you have acceptance and then you have like the catharsis and it was like stages of grief man it was like crazy i don't know i'm sure i'll learn about this later for me i like didn't um i mean so i follow some really i follow a lot of people on twitter but i also follow like within that category some very smart people on twitter and when i saw um, you know, Balaji and Paul Graham and and uh, Mark Andreessen, and these tech titans, like these titans of the startup industry, like founder of Y Combinator, founder of Netscape, all yeah. they started doing was tweeting about coronavirus. This was end of January, and and I, I wasn't, uh, you know, I wasn't, it wasn't, it was so distant to me mentally that I'm like, all right, like they're tweeting about it. I know that this exists. Like, cool. I hope they're okay in China. And same, I, it wasn't until, uh, I actually think it was, it, uh, this tweet will be famous. Mark Andreessen posted a tweet. So he, he tweeted every day, PSA in news of the day for, for coronavirus. Again, this isn't in the States yet. And there's one tweet he posted end of February, which this fucking saved like this, this tweet, like didn't save my life, but it made my life a lot easier. This tweet was like, this is going to be my last tweet on the topic. It's coming to the States. Prepare yourselves. And this was early. Like, no one really cared yet. But because I was following him, I'm like, all right. This, if, if this guy, if the founder of Netscape and the partner, Andreessen Horowitz, the founder of Andreessen Horowitz is going to tell me this, I'm going to listen. So this was, two, this was almost three, this was three weekends ago. And I go, I, I, I go to Dollar Tree. I go to, I go to, um, I go to Staples. I got, you know, I stocked up on stuff that I needed. I didn't hoard, but I got what I yeah. needed. And I think it was actually then when I decided in my head this was going to be serious. And I haven't wow. even actually changed my mind. I feel like I'm still in that same mindset that I was literally three weekends ago. And if it weren't for these tech people, I'd probably be like with like all these people that are missing toilet paper, you know, that didn't like, you know, that weren't like didn't consider it seriously at all. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know why. I got 30 rolls left. So hopefully I can last. Well, we're not, yeah. <laughs> I got 30 yeah. rolls left. Hey, dude, I got, well, no, I didn't get Madeline, my, my girlfriend. Um, so we lived together and a couple of months ago she got, I don't even know what it's called. I think like a bite it. Do you know what a bite it is? Oh, uh, a bidet. A bidet. <laughs> yeah. I, like, I've really never, a, a bidet. So you guys don't need toilet paper. I'm so jealous. So now I'm going to give a, and we have toilet paper. And if the bidet works, which hasn't been tested yet, just got, just set it up today. I'm going to like That's give awesome. away the toilet paper to people who need it. That's um, awesome. I might be but, uh, um, begging Matt for toilet paper then. I, I just don't know. Yeah, for, for real though. I mean, I, I'm, down to, I'm not going to be a hoarder at all. <laughs> I mean, I, I just don't know. I don't know. I, I just, I, I wonder what it was about the tweets that made me take it so seriously so early, which like, I don't know. Like I, I, like, I think if I wasn't following these people on Twitter, I would have gotten a hit, you know, just this week, just like ever, just when Disney yeah, yeah. and NBA shut. Yeah. Totally. So I don't know. Just like the power of Twitter. Well, I, think, I, love I, Twitter. I, think, I think you bring up a good point that I mean, like you listen to who you respect and if you respect someone, you're going to listen to them. Right. And it's funny because like, you know, 
uh, my parents will hate me for saying this on podcast, but like my parents were telling me not to go to Belgium like three weeks ago. And I was like, no, I'm going, I don't care. Um, and I do respect my parents. So I'm not saying I don't respect my parents, but then it kind of took for, if you think about it, the music festival I was going to go to, to shut down the thing that I respected so much that I was looking up for. So to, to cancel, to be like, wake up, realize what's happening. Right. Um, and I think that was the same thing for you. Your, your wake up message was for someone, the tech Titans to say like, look at this. And you're like, Oh, like I thought I could ignore this. And it's tough because we live in an age where, you know, sometimes things are sensationalized and you know, how can we make sure it's legit? And honestly, like, I think there's probably, it's funny. There's probably people in the events industry who still think this is being sensationalized. And then, you know, we'll see how they, they deal with this in a couple of months. But um, you know, I think that it shows a good point. I mean, very, uh, very wise, man. <laughs> it just, it just, that's what happens when, I mean, I, Twitter's my, like my Twitter is my online home. Like I, you know, it's yeah, not totally. Facebook, it's not Instagram, it's Twitter. So luckily Twitter, is, I, and I mean, another thing about Twitter is that it is, it, see, I, I actually posted this on Facebook and people laughed, but like, it's true. Like Twitter, at least I think now everyone's pretty caught up, but Twitter for about a month and a half was about a week to two weeks ahead of the media. And I also, another thing interesting, I follow, I mainly only follow people in San Francisco and they were the first area hit in the States. So in some ways I felt like I was like living in the, and I almost still feel like, yeah, there's people in the middle yeah, of the country the that are out fucking partying on Friday and Saturday. I'm oh like, my God. Yeah. Like spring breaking. <laughs> I'm like, bruh, like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> like you're going to kill your grandparents and you don't even yeah, know yeah, it. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Yeah. No, I think, uh, I think you're a hundred percent right. Um, you know, like it definitely, um, yeah, people, people, some people don't know what's going on, but you know, yeah. so <laughs> we'll get what, what are some, so let's round out the, I mean, I don't, we don't, we don't have to do a hard stop at all, but like just kind yeah. of circling back and rounding out slowly is so let's say someone in the event industry is listening to this, um, you know, would you, what, 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 what's your advice to sell the events program manager at Amazon or company a or infusion software, whatever, should they lean into virtual events? Should they just hold on? Like, I don't know. Like what, what would you say to that, that type of people that are responsible for putting these things on? Yeah, I think, um, it's important to first ask your question. What's in it for your attendee? Um, that's the number one first question you should ask. Um, if you don't know what that is, feel free to write me a check. You know, if you don't know what's in for the attendee, I'll take your money and we'll have no objectives and no goals. Um, but you need to be strategic about it. And I think especially in the events industry, everyone's been begging to be in the C-suite and work with the CMOs and the CEOs about like what the strategy is and be like the chief CEO, the chief event officer, whatever it was. But this is your chance to do it. So I think that's the first start, if whether you do virtual or not. Um, the second thing as well is that um, – is uh, the good question of are you ready for a challenge or are you ready to try to do this? If you're not ready to think critically about what you're doing and give it and learn a lot and work hard and maybe make big mistakes too, like don't do it. Just you know, play maybe play it safe, cancel your events, play on spawn them. If you can save your money and hold on to it, great for you. But I think that for a lot of people, they are concerned about where things are going to go and what, how things are going to change. And, you know, uh, is my event going to be able to come off the right way? But I mean, as much as we gave crap for them in our newsletter this last week with um, Biden's la virtual town hall going so poorly, good for them. They at least tried to do it and went for it. And I think that um, people these days are way too critical and way too much perfectionist. And I told my team all this week, I said, 
good is, or done is better than perfect. God, like even done is better than good. Like if you get, get an email out, get the website out and just go for it and collect data and make changes. And I think that um, we have to be willing to do this. Um, and then I guess the last piece of it um, as well, that is, as you're starting to think about this, and if you, if you cheering me on, you're like, yeah, I want to know more about this stuff. Just give me a call and we can talk about more about this stuff. Cause obviously I know not everyone's most interested in events industry, but I'll, I'll make another plea uh, as well. I think that people need to, to think about as well is that, um, think about the events industry um, and how many times that you have people have been to events and said, this changed my life and you know how much it affected you in a lot of ways. And um, I will say it now on behalf of, I don't think I can be on behalf of the events industry, but like we're, we're in dire need too. So if you're thinking about doing a virtual event, hire your event company to make it virtual and spend the money because you know, it, a lot of times it's going to sit in a budget or whatever it is. But as I kind of detailed in the beginning, like there's companies literally closing doors left and right. And people are losing jobs left and right. And I think that as much as we want to stay conservative and think objectively and things like that, if you are able to do it and your, your job's not on the line, you know, be willing to take a risk and spend it on a partner that you trust and someone that you want to work with. And, it might actually help keep a company's lights on and keep going. And I think right now everyone is trying to think, oh yeah, you know, in-person events aren't going to, aren't, uh, or virtual events aren't better than in-person events, things like that. I'm like, look at this point, I think we're about to see an entire industry flip off a map that has been very um, uh, uh, not well put together in the beginning. And that has been very much by its shoestrings in some ways. But the best thing you can do right now is if you have the ability to support the events industry, hire people to do events. Um, because we're all begging for it for every standpoint. Um, and um, if you're able to help, help, you know. So a couple more questions down that line. Okay. Uh, so what kind of, you can talk for yourself or you can just talk for the whole, the whole industry. But like, I feel like there are a lot of people that never even considered virtual events as a way, you know, as a thing to do. I think a lot of podcasts, though, is actually, I think, you know, almost a great use case for them. Can you give me an idea if you're open to sharing how, like how much does a virtual event run? Like, could I do, like, could I do one? <laughs> like, you know, seriously, like let's say, so yeah, yeah. like how, how logistically, how much does it run and, and how, how, what would it take me to make it happen? If I wanted to what? hire you, you're going to you know, if like what yeah. cost on that? Virtual events are much cheaper than in-person events. Um, you can probably for the cost, it will cost you to do a venue in a hotel. You can probably produce an entire virtual event. Um, and then what's great is all that extra pro uh, profit that you have and cost savings you had from your budget. You can put it into production value, like great cameras, great MCs, great speakers, things like that. Um, so it's, um, you know, definitely possible. Is it easy? <laughs> Obviously I want to make it seem like it's not easy, right? Cause I want you to hire me. But, um, I think that if you have a background in organizing online, uh, communities, you know, you've done live streaming and you've been communicating via people virtually without having an audience, you know, you might do well and you might be able to make this happen for sure. Um, the thing is though, I think no, some, far too many people don't, they, people don't again, like know what Slack is. If you don't know what Slack is, you probably shouldn't produce a virtual event, right? If you don't, um, if you've never, you've been on Facebook live and been able to captivate an audience and keep them around to watch, don't do a virtual, like you shouldn't do the, have someone else help you with a virtual event. If you've never done a, if you've done a podcast before and you have a whole podcast, you understand audio and what's like publishing and the qualities and things like that you might be able to, to hold your own in a, a little way.
but I don't think most people know how to do that. Um, so yeah, it, it, it kind of depends. Um, I think also as well, if you are tech nerdy and into tools and you know how to Google things, you might be able to find a, a platform that you can start setting up and has a free 14 day trial that you can spend those 14 days in the tool every single day learning how to do it. But um, chances are for most event professionals, what I found is they don't have the time to be able to do it and they have two months to figure this out. Um, so that's where I think our company is kind of coming in. It's like, we've already figured it out. Just tell us to go and give us some money and we'll make it happen. So, yeah. Good question. Well, in the next, you know, in the next, I don't know, two, three, four months, uh, as I start to pick up the podcast and it starts to pick out some momentum, I may let you know if I want to do a conference, a forward yeah. founders conference, all you know. But Let's do it. Let's do it. I'll, I'll, I'm happy to, 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 to come in and do a breakout room with you. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So my last, so I guess two, two questions. Uh, so the second to last question, is there anything that we didn't cover that you wish we did anything you want to say other than an at like a, a firm ask, which I'll give you an opportunity to do in a second. Um, but any, anything you want to talk about or that we, that we didn't cover? Um, I mean, um, you know, um, I think that at this point, if you're in, I mean, if you're listening to this and your industry got rocked, whether you're in the events industry or not, um, you know, this is your chance to evolve. Um, it's going to suck, right? It's hard to think about what next week looks like if you don't know where your next paycheck's coming from, but you have the opportunity to evolve and you can see that obviously our company made a big gigantic pivot swing. So, you know, it definitely, you know, I think that you have the opportunity to evolve and use this as your opportunity because everything's going to work out. We're all in, everyone in the whole world is in with this together. This isn't just affecting you. This isn't just affecting America. This isn't just affecting, you know, one single group of type or industry or things like that. It's happened to everybody. And the best thing you can do right now is believe that you will get through this and to do everything you can right now to evolve um, do better and everything like that. And, and everything will get better on the other end. One thing I want to add to that for people listening is, you know, great company, like oftentimes people think a great idea equals a great company. And it's not true because you can have a great idea, but if that idea has already been able to exist for like 10 or 15 years, it's probably already set, like the CAC is going to be too high to like actually like make any meaningful, you know, profit or anything like that. The, the, where great companies are built or when new technologies are created or when everything changes and everything just changed. Like there's, this is the time to start a company or to pivot your company into a direction that makes sense for the, for the future. Cause the past is gone, you know, there's only the future. So I totally agree with Will there and highly suggest you, you, you get going pivoting or starting. My last question for you, Will, is although you've alluded to it a couple of times, I will give you the floor as I, I do with every episode. This doesn't even, I, I do this with every yeah. episode. What is a ask that you have for the audience? Uh, and uh, if you have a, you know, depending on the ask, feel free to drop any contact info or links or anything like that. So now's your chance to be as self-promotional as you want. How can <laughs> yeah. we help you? Yeah, no, you guys are awesome. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll make the make it super brief on the self-promotional side. Like if you want to learn more about events, hellowendless.com. Um, we have three podcasts, tons of pot, like video content, tons of blog posts to read, everything like that. If you're in the events, just head on over there, subscribe. We've got tons of free stuff for you guys. Um, and the second ask I'll make is that um, reach out to those who are in the events industry right now and 
be their friend, um, be there for them. Ask, you know, if you have, sometimes as simple as looking over inside your company, realizing you have a, a director of events and saying, hey, my friend runs a DJ company. Can you hire him for um, the event, you know, this picnic next time we have the office, office reopening, whatever it is, that 400, 500 bucks that DJ is going to get, is going to help him out a ton. Um, and just knowing that there's contracts on in the horizon, I think is going to give people a lot of hope. Um, so that's one of the best things we do. We don't, we all don't know who's in the events industry until, uh, I think, uh, now, and we started to realize it, but, um, reach out to those who are in need of help and connect them with people that you need that can help. Um, and then the last, uh, action item that I'll have too for everybody is just the call to action I have is just, I think be vulnerable and be willing to talk about it um, with everybody. And just, if you have the ability to help people right now, share your knowledge. I think that we're all like, you know, part of me wants to hoard my knowledge and say, here's the platforms. I only know them and things like that. I don't know if I'm going to share all that necessary detail, but part of me was like, look, I'm not going to hop on a live stream and answer questions about live streams. I want, or about uh, virtual events. I'm going to make people have calls with me, but I'm like, look, I'm just going to get the knowledge out there and make sure people know that I can help with this and people will come to you and help. And when they're ready for you, so get, you know, feel free to share, be vulnerable. Um, and also don't be afraid to ask for help from people that you trust the most. I mean, um, just, I, you know, today I, I, I posted in a group, I have a group message with a ton of close friends. I said, almost all my competitors are going out of business and like crying emojis. And everyone's just like, holy shit, this is happening to Will. Like, I didn't know this was happening. And they were all super duper supportive and gave me a lot of positive feedback, which uh, I really appreciated. So, so yeah. All right. Well, well, well <laughs> those are all great, great asks. Thanks for sharing those. Was I allowed to do three? I, I kind of like, you said one, but I kind of did three. No, there, no, you can do up to 10, actually. So you have seven more if you want them. <laughs> just, just kidding. Um, well, cool, <laughs> man. Well, thanks for coming on. I know, you know, the industry is hurting. I know you're hurting, but at the same time, you're moving. You're, you you're gotta doing it. Got to move. Got to shake. You're an example. You're good. I think this podcast, you know, over time will be listened to quite largely just because you're an example of an entrepreneur who got screwed and then decided that you weren't going to get screwed. You know, like you decided <laughs> that you were like, okay, this happened. I'm going to do this now because I, I control my destiny, not something else. And that's, that's awesome. And I think when people hear that, they might get ideas for their own thing uh, to do the same. So good on you. Thanks for coming on and sharing your story. Thanks for having me, Matt. I appreciate you uh, reaching out. And uh, also, I give a shout out to Matt, who um, when he messaged me, he just said, hey, how are you doing? And I was like, you know, hanging in there. And he's like, what can I do to help? He's like, I'm just trying to help people right now. And I was like, oh, hell yeah, dude. Like, I, honestly, that was super inspiring to be like, look, I'm, I'm just going to do what I can do. And I think that's the, the same mentality I've had for my marketing now is like, guys, I'm just, I'm just out of here. I'm here to help. How can I help? How can I help? How can I help? So, Matt, you are yeah, awesome. Yeah, well, I think that for me, I... You know, I, I can't candidly like the, the virus is a, not affected me to, you know, a, a large amount, you know, it's, it's changing all of our lifestyles, but I have my health and I have, I have my work on, I know that not everyone has either of those now. So now as mentioned, like, I'm, like I feel like I'm lucky. So now I'm seeing how, what can I do? How can I give what I have to other, whether it's hope, luck, money, services, time, attention, you know, you know to other people. And we're in this for the long haul, so I'm 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 doing this for good. So we'll we'll see what I can do. But I appreciate appreciate the the shout out there and the mention and um <laughs> and uh, good connecting after uh, after four years. <laughs> yeah, so good to see you, Matt. <laughs>